guys, it's me back again with a new podcast. So I know that I've been a little MIA lately, and I hope you guys didn't think I was just abandoning ship because that's absolutely not what I was doing. Um, I had something unfortunate happen. No one died. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just a lot of financial things that I had to kind of work through. And a lot of things were left in the air due to that. And, yeah, but the important thing is I am here. I am moved and impacted, And I am ready to jump in to a new book review. I don't know how you guys are, but... I'm ready for it. How are you? So we're going to do a book called A Night of Nowhere. It is written by an Inkit author known as Joseph Ellis. Um, really quick while I got you guys here. Before you send me a submissions form, I just ask, double check my reading list. It is public to make sure that I do not already have your story in my list um I promise you if it is there I will get to it I do not do my reviews in any particular order it just has to do with my mood that day so this all said just wanted to throw that out there I'm not upset with anybody I just really want everyone to know that I am going to get to your story I know that it's probably you know just exciting and you know you're you're ready to hear your book being listed off (laughs) and I totally get it um but just do know that I will get to it I promise um all right so this book is a night of nowhere it is a fantasy action book it is ongoing with 16 chapters as of right now with a 5.0 rating of two reviews and it is rated 18 plus So without further ado, we will get into the summary. Primal magic is now gone, but the power of irregulars still exists. It is their form of magic that enables the games the nobility play, weaving their way to the ultimate prize of safety. Though for many in this world, safety was never an option. From House Nakor, with dwindling food supplies and an even worse winter ahead, to House Mulane, and their infamous plots and schemes. In this world, no one is to be trusted. No one is to be believed. Even the children now play their parents' games as both tools and weapons. Will they find their place amongst the world, or will they let their magic loose and become knights of nowhere? So as far as summaries go, I don't hate it. You do have a few erupt stops. Um... Uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't dislike it. Alright, we do have a copyright notice, which I'm not going to bother to read. It's just a copyright notice, just in letting you guys know that if you do try to copy his story, it is illegal, and there will be repercussions. <laughs> cough, cough. Chapter 1. No one. The winter wind whipped around... I'm sorry. The winter wind whipped through the trees stirring up the cries of gods 
their discord of their songs upon the northern air beckoned to all those who dared to wander from to wander the permafrost of the forest. The tree marked boundaries spread and spiraled for miles on end. The true, most triumphant victory they could have could have against man. This alone was a sight to marvel at, basking in the cold breasts of the Oh my gosh, I said breast instead of breath. Basking in the cold breath of the god's hand, though for many a man this sight would be his last. For men never wandered this forest alone. It was not a privilege that they had the choice in receiving. No, as they wandered, fate herself walked amongst them, extending her cruel hand only for her to pull you into her ensnaring eternity. Two men braved the forest, bearing only bearskin cloaks and a few daggers between them, they both clutched the bear's skin around themselves, pulling its warmth tighter against the cold of their skin, locking themselves in the somber memory of brighter days. A sporadic cluster of trees lay before them, much closer than any others in the forest, forming a vast wall of nature. Nature was a beast that neither of them wanted to defy. The heavier set of the pair favored the left side of the trees, whereas the other preferred the right. Each of them taking their separate path, their training at the Brotherhood had taught them this much. Splitting up lets you cover more ground. It also makes you an easier target, Thomas thought to himself, not willing to let his companion hear the words leave his tongue. Their ice was thin as it is. With each step that Thomas took, the snow seemed to have the upper hand, enveloping him in... I'm sorry, enveloping his feet within its merciless grip, its white blanket piercing his foot with immeasurable cold. Winters near Kyrag are always the same, always bitter. Each step he took was a small yet earned victory against the icy embrace, though out of the corner of his eye, something caused him to overlook the white plain that was now all too familiar to him. He took to a nearby oak, kneeling at its side. Thomas reached forward, brushing some of the idle snow from beside the tree revealing a singular speck of green, fighting for its life. Thomas recognized the plant instantly, Widow's Kiss. Must be a tough winter, hey, brother? Thomas called out. I don't know why I gave him that kind of accent. Don't judge me. The mist from his breath only served to shrivel the plant more, aiding its demise. Especially if the winter berries are dying out. Aye, a stern voice replied. From the sounds of it, Drake... Drake? There you go with it was further on than Thomas now, given that he was taking his time with the widow's kiss. He pulled a dagger from his pocket, aligning the gold steel of the blade to the stem of the plant. Probably about halfway down, with one swift cut, the plant was firmly within his grasp. He quickly put it in the blade, back within the- <laughs> With one swift cut, the plant was firmly within his grasp. He quickly put it and the blade back within his pocket. Plant or not, he whispered. Nothing deserves to die like that. I have an idea on how to save you. Aye, Drake. He once again called over to Overwinter's song. Have you heard of the stories? Stories, he retorted. Drake scoffed at the thought. What bleeding stories? Apparently the ones around there have some sort of healing property. It's always you and your fucking stories, isn't it? Drake's fat. Is that accent? I don't know what it is, but is it hard to understand? I don't know. Let me know down below. Aye, brother. 
Thomas said, his voice becoming toneless amongst the wind. I was only making an observation. If you wanted to observe flowers, you should have become a florist, not a member of the Brotherhood. <laughs> a florist. <laughs> In these times. Sorry. The pair continued for some time, marching throughout the forest. Though for Thomas, this was not done without a heavy heart. Yes, he understood that they were scouts, but that didn't mean that he ceased to be himself. Was that really what it meant to be part of the Brotherhood? Thomas thought back. Thomas thought it best to break the silence that had fallen among the two. So, he began, do you really believe in all this, Drake? What, he chuckled, winter? No, Thomas said with a disheartened tone. He raised his head to meet the gaze of Drake. Magic. Ah, you really think I believe in magic? Well, um, for once you'd be right. I wouldn't have believed it, though, if it hadn't been for my own gaze I fell upon. You see, I grew up in Prime Bay, the mining town, a short while to the west of Conestar. You heard of the place? Thomas nodded. Who wouldn't have heard of Prime Bay? They were the main supplier of gold to Cornstar. They were practically a private bank. I'll bet a bank with its livelihood placed at the business end of the Queen Meyer's long sword. Why is this giving me Skyrim vibes? I'm not saying plagiarism. I'm just saying all I can think of is the Myra amulet and then the Brotherhood, you know? Ching, ching, ching. You know what I'm talking about? Freaking Cicero and shit? I don't know. Thomas tattered for a brief moment at the thought of it. No, she wouldn't hold the blade that cut. She was to murder as the conductor was to his players. She only gave the order. Aye. A lot of people that are irregulars. Alchemical, to be specific. They didn't even really mine gold, just a large portion of the lead. Let us quickly change with the orders of whatever prissy bitch held the title of queen. To be fair, a lot of people there couldn't be considered to be out of the ordinary. Just the illegitimate sons and daughters of the inconsiderate nobles who- Wow, this is a lot of dialogue! This is a hard, like, accent to kind of do, because I don't really know what I'm trying to do. But at the same time, it's hard to do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just the illegitimate sons and daughters of inconsiderate nobles who chose to take a common concubine for the night. Truly, it's a cruel fate. None of us really believed in magic up to that point. Myself especially so. That was until she showed up. She? Thomas asked. Feeling his feet begin to shake, whether from the cold, the story could be anyone's guess. Yes. She. You, should, you could have done I. I don't know, I just like that a lot. I. You know? Like, since we're talking about Skyrim right now, y'all know Brynjolf. Yeah, love that bitch. Calls me last, and I'm like, yes. She always kept her face covered. The only recognizable parts of her were her crimson cloak and her voice. The voice especially. She spoke words of long-lost tongues in an accent that can't be traced. Well, at least it can't be traced to any sea this side of the Nadiri maps. Drake paused for a moment, his gaze fixed upon the snow, hesitant with the next part of his tale. It seemed that this tale dug up more than memories. It also clawed away at wounds once closed. She came to us, claiming to raise the dead. Thomas smirked. What sort of wives' tale is this? He'd heard of the old magic. That was from his father. As much as he hated to think of it, he knew his father would have mentioned necromancy. Regardless of how spiteful the man was, necromancy wouldn't have been a secret art he dragged to the grave with him. Raise the dead? Thomas questioned. Surely it's just an old wives' tale. A sick joke played by the townspeople. The dead can't be raised. Thomas turned, gazing at Drake. Though the deep gray eyes that stared back at him spoke no wives' tale, nor told any jokes. I wouldn't have believed it myself. I didn't, in fact, until... She claimed she could prove it. She took the fresh corpse of a boy, no more than eight summers old. 
A rock hit him on the head during a cave and killed the poor lad instantly. Within Drake's voice, he almost seemed to show an air of sympathy towards the child. Sympathy was an unusual trait for Drake to possess. She had us carry him to a tomb. Before we sealed him inside, though, we took to the tomb herself. But before we sealed it, we were made to check that his corpse was still in there. And? Thomas inquired. It was still warm. She told us that by morning come, there would be an more amongst us. That when we awoke, the body wouldn't be there. But I never woke that morning. I couldn't sleep in the night. When the tomb... I'm now switching accents. When the tomb was reopened, we saw no one. Simple. Thomas proclaimed, the body was moved without people realizing it, no lord strict proclaiming themselves as God. The body wasn't moved. It was, it must have been. Alright, I don't know what accent I'm doing anymore, guys. Kill me! Thomas regarded Drake with a look of intrigue. As much as he didn't fully believe the story, he had to admit that somewhere deep in himself, it was talking on a part of him that yearned for knowledge. I was there, Thomas, Drake shouted, his voice creating discord amongst the deity's precious air. He grabbed Thomas by the shoulders, imparting his words upon him, as if they were scripture. I waited there the whole night. No one moved the body. The boy was gone from daybreak. Drake sighed. It wasn't long after this that I was taken to the Brotherhood. They claimed I had some religious zealot with tainted brain. All of this, all of my life since that moment, has been blood and snow. Thomas didn't dare press further. Drake was known to be... Oh, ah, 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 I dropped something. Mm-hmm. Drake was known to him as a brutal man, never mind the reputation that superseded him. He was known to keep a sharp blade sooner than he would conceal his tongue, though it was never clear to Thomas which was sharper. And here we have a chapter break. The pair allowed for time to pass by, the, by on their patrol. A modest distance was kept between the two men. The only sound to fill their ears was that of the whispering wind retelling the old northern words. Whispers such as these often bit harder than the snow. The once blue sky bled into an orange divinity. That orange divinity soon bled into the abyss of darkness, with the only light coming from the moon above them. Its rays often hit the sheet of snow at wondrous angles, their flakes glistening in dance across the, in dance across the forest. Um, I would do with the only light coming with the only light comma coming from the moon above them. I would do a comma instead of periods. Um, after them, so that it flows into its rays often hit the sheet of snow at wondrous angles, and then the period that you have, just because that flows a little bit better. No point in staying out here much longer. Drake began. Unless the moon is a discovery, seems like everything else seems normal. Drake spat the saliva tumbling furiously towards the ground. It blended with the snow, almost forming its own icy flakes as it fell. Aye, we better let the Brotherhood know. Thomas was mentally drained. Trudging through snow wasn't something he enjoyed. Yeah, you got that right, buddy. He just felt lucky that it was a scouting mission. A perpetual manhunt, however. Well, that could take days. Days in the wild, often small groups, but whether you liked the others and they liked you, that could be the difference between life and death in the wild. The pair turned, facing back the way they came. Surprisingly, for Thomas, he could still see the cluster of trees further back. It seemed that they had tread into a Craigarian footpath. Considering the size of it, Thomas knew that a footpath was the most it could be. No wagon would be able to clobber down the tight, uneven road. As he neared the cluster, Thomas began to drag further behind Drake. He eyed the pattern of the shimmering flakes of snow within the cluster. 
They seemed to gleam and shimmer differently to those of the outer rim. Though as Thomas approached, that was when he realized it was no snow, it was armor. Drake, Thomas called, battling at the wind. What now? Drake scorned. What flower is it this time? Daffodils? Dragon spiral? Roses? When was the last time you saw a rose wearing armor? What the? Drake ran back to the cluster, reconvening at Thomas' side. His overworked breath blew an icy air across the inner cluster. Though, the breath wasn't what Thomas paid the most attention to. His gaze was already occupied by the snow-covered steel that laid before him, though the symbol upon his shield was one that hadn't been used in quite a while, though it was certainly one belonging to the house Nikkor. It was unmistakable. Luther, stand there! Drake shouted. He took the knight's sword from its scabbard. Its ice-white blade seemed to hold an edge that was rare amongst admiring- I'm sorry, rare amongst arming swords. Drake placed the sword within his own scabbard before lifting the knight up. He lifted the steel-covered arm over his shoulder, gesturing for Thomas to do the same on the other side. He lifted his head under the freezing steel, gripping the arm for added support. Thomas trembled when the first two steps of the weight of the knight was more than he was used to carrying, though Drake seemed fairly adept for the task. I pray there's something that the crying shaman can do. And that is how the chapter ends. So, right away, I don't actually have to reconvene and, like, think about my overall feeling of the story. My overall feeling of the story is that I liked it, although we all know there's a but. You have some repetitive problems, um, which is like, I'm supposed to say the words, like wording, like though, like right here, actually it's a perfect example. You have, um, where did they go? Though the symbol upon his shield, and though it was certainly one belonging to the house of Nikkor. So you have though and though, and then you have though the breath wasn't that Thomas paid attention to. So it's though, though, though. That's how you start three of your sentences in the same paragraph. So I would just really be careful of that kind of stuff. Other than that, I think your detail was pretty great. Um, I'm not sure if the accents, I don't even want to call them accents because I don't even know what the fuck I was doing. But I don't know if the voices were the voices you intended when you're saying I and stuff like that. I think of Irish or Scottish type of uh, culture. Um, also, it's, you know, medieval, so I don't know. I just kind of went with it. Don't judge me too harshly, please. Other than that, though, I think that you created some pretty good characters right off the bat. I mean, they obviously, Drake and Thomas have their differences. They're both different, but they also have their similarities at the same time. Um, and I like the suspense you put in with the magic and how it's kind of like, you know, an iffy topic of, like, people don't know if they believe in it or not, and yada, yada, yada. Um, so, yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. I think it was great. I would definitely give it a, uh, a 3.5 or a 4. I'd actually give it a 4. Um, just because it is really well written, and uh, visually, I think your paragraphs are spread out really well. Um, you know, you had the repetitive words, but that was really the only thing I really didn't like about it. And there were some areas where you could have used a comma instead of a period, but it was so far and few that I really can't nitpick it too much. I think you, you know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> uh, this is definitely a book I personally would read on my personal time. Um, you've definitely set yourself up for a really great story. You have a really great cliffhanger. Um, and yeah, like I said, like, you know, you did really well, um, and I'm excited to see where this story goes. All right, well, that's all the time I got for this one. 
Hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you did, don't forget to follow me on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook under the Inkit Podcaster. And I will see you guys in the next episode. All right. Bye.